Six years ago, the Chicago White Sox decided on a completely different direction for the organization and made a very bold move. The White Sox traded Chris Sale to the Boston Red Sox for essentially Michael Kopech and Yoan Moncada. Uh, Boston won the World Series shortly after, but the Chicago White Sox are still waiting to win a playoff series. You are locked on White Sox. Your daily Chicago White Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Sox. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Locked On White Sox. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. Really appreciate you letting me steal some of your time to talk off-season White Sox. A Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, the Mike Clevenger deal is official, and he has a lot of passion for the pitcher's mound at 35th and Shields. Uh, Michael Kopech and Yoan Moncada have talents that have yet to be realized. Uh, could 2023 be the year? And six years ago, the White Sox made a giant step in a whole new direction. The winter meetings continue in San Diego. Uh, and as we wait for the White Sox to do something uh, to better themselves for the 2023 season, we remember a historic moment, a, a moment that took the White Sox organization into a completely different direction. December 6th, 2016, the Chicago White Sox traded Chris Sale to the Boston Red Sox for four prospects, Yoan Mankata, Michael Kopech, Luis Alexander Basabi, and Victor Diaz. Uh, the Boston Red Sox got their World Series with Chris Sale. Uh, the White Sox still waiting to win a playoff series. This is what John Bitzer from MLB Trade Values had to say in an article uh, from last year. It was quite a bold move for both teams. At the time, the White Sox were coming off of uh, several seasons of mediocrity. Uh, they had tried to compete but continued to fall short. By the end of the 2016 season, after they finished fourth in the AL Central at 78 and 84, they realized it was time to rebuild. So they ripped off the Band-Aid, making two stunning deals on back-to-back -back days, trading high-value veterans for prospects. Of course, the other deal of being Adam Eaton to the Nationals on December 7th, 2016. The Red Sox, meanwhile, were back on the upswing after consecutive last-place finishes in 2014. Uh, 2015, they won the AL East in 2016 with a 93-69 and record only to get swept by Cleveland in the ALDS. Uh, they had an exciting offense led by emerging stars like Mookie Betts and Xander Bogarts, uh, but the rotation needed another strong arm. They were clearly in win-now mode and had an excellent farm from which to deal. 
Uh, at the time, Chris Sale was one of the top starting pitchers in baseball. For the past five years, he'd been Chicago's ace, earning all-star berths and finishing in the top six in the AL Cy Young voting in each one. Uh, the White Sox did not have to trade him. Uh, after all, he had three years remaining on a team-friendly contract. Uh, then again, he was far and away their best trade chip if they got the right offer for him. Uh, so try to you know try to remember how you felt uh, when that Chris Sale trade happened. Uh, the Sox were floundering, and there were rumors uh, that a teardown rebuild was going to be happening. Look, I was excited uh, that the White Sox finally chose a direction and wasted very little time. Yoan Mancada, Michael Kopech, Lucas Giolito, Ronaldo Lopez, and Dane Dunning in a matter of two days for Chris Sale and Adam Eaton. Uh, then the Sox would trade away, of course, Jose Quintana during the 2017 season for Aloy Jimenez and Dylan Cease. Uh, let's get back to the uh, Chris Sale deal, though. This monster trade signified the beginning of the White Sox being eventual World Series contenders for multiple years in a row, right? Uh, this was the first move that would lay the foundation for the money to be spent and premium talent when the time was right uh, so the White Sox could complement the young talent with veteran leadership. That was the plan, we thought. Uh, and aside from tearing things down and acquiring young, exciting prospects, I mean, honestly, not much has gone the way we thought it would. The money was spent and it was spent poorly. Uh, six years later, the White Sox are still looking for a left-handed hitting corner outfielder, a second baseman, and are one of the few teams in all of baseball to have never given a player a $100 million contract. And, oh, by the way, the White Sox have one division title, and two playoff wins to show for their efforts. Uh, this was Rick Hahn talking about the Chris Sale trade uh, six years ago. Uh, given where we were as an organization entering this offseason, we knew we were going to have to make some painful decisions. But if we had the opportunity to acquire some high-impact talent that would be around for a number of years, it was time to start that process. So today was the first step in what very likely will be an extended process. This is an effort to move more toward being able to sustain ourselves at that higher echelon. There may well be some pain along the way, but ultimately we think whatever sacrifice we make for the short term at the big league level is going to pay off for an extended period in the future, because the last place we want to be is caught in between. Uh, wow. Hey, look, there continues to be pain for White Sox fans. And sadly, being caught in the middle is exactly where the Sox seem to be. Uh, there is still a bunch of exciting talent uh, with a ton of potential. However, uh, some of those contracts are running out. Time is not on their side. And like in 2016, difficult decisions may need to be made as the White Sox seem to entertain the idea of using unproven players at both second base and corner outfield in 2023. We've seen glimpses from Yoan Mankata and Michael Kopech's journey as a and Michael Kopech's journey as a starter uh, was indeed cut short last season. I'm going to tell you why six years later we still don't know what we have in Mankata. In Kopech. 
more on that in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. Uh, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting fixed. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Uh, Bet online where the game starts. Michael Kopech is 26 years old. Uh, he will turn 27 uh, at the beginning of this upcoming season, late April, actually. Uh, he made his debut with the White Sox in 2018, pitched in four games before needing Tommy John surgery. Uh, Michael Kopech missed all of 2019 and opted out of the 2020 COVID season. Uh, Kopech appeared primarily out of the bullpen in 2021. He threw 69 innings and had an uh, ERA of 3.50. He was electric, and there was a plan for him to join the starting rotation, which he did uh, this past season in 2022. Uh, Kopech uh, battled some injuries this past season, a little erratic, uh, walk rate was up, didn't look comfortable, but then again showed some flashes uh, against Houston in New York. Uh, he seemed to be on an innings limit despite hearing from coaches that there were no limitations. Uh, Kopech started 25 games in 2022. He threw 120 innings, had 105 strikeouts and 57 walks, with a 3.54 ERA, almost an identical ERA from 2021 when he was featured uh, out of the bullpen. Kopech's season, of course, was cut short uh, due to a knee issue. He had a surgical procedure on his right knee, and we are being told uh, he should be good to go for spring training. Uh, Now, Yohan Makata, on the other hand, made his White Sox debut in 2017. He played 54 games that season, Uh, Mankata moved to third base eventually, and after a disappointing year at the plate in 2018, uh, he came back and put up his best numbers to date in 2019. 25 home runs that year, 79 RBIs, drastically cut down on his strikeouts and slashed 315, 367, 548. Mankata also received MVP votes in 2019. Uh, we have yet to see those types of numbers again. Uh, Mankata has struggled to regain uh, that power and that offensive aggressiveness uh, from 2019. He struggled to stay healthy, only played in 104 games uh, this past season. Yoan Mankata, uh, he takes a lot of heat. Uh, and, you know, him and, and Kopech really – a lot is on their shoulders from what they represent uh, to White Sox fans. We saw Mankata first before we saw Kopech, and I was at his debut game, and he was given a standing ovation when he drew a walk during his first at-bat. The fan base was starving for a new superstar, someone that could match up with Abreu and help create a solid offensive punch for years to come. I really don't know... Uh, what the ceiling is for Yohan Mankata or Michael Kopech. And and that is a troubling thing here. Here we are six years later, and the White Sox are are back in this middle-of-the-road state of operations. 
they probably have enough uh, to compete in the AL Central in 2023, but nowhere near enough in my mind to really make noise uh, in the American League and, and compete for the World Series. Forget about that right now. Uh, you know, I'm happy that the White Sox picked the direction to go in on December 6th, 2016. Kopech and Mankata loaded with promise and potential. I hope we see their talents realized this coming season because it has been a long six years with very little to show for it. The Michael Clevenger deal is official. Um, I'm going to tell you why he is so excited to play on the south side. Uh, more on that in a moment. The Mike Clevenger deal was made official a few days ago. The Sox officially added the right-hander to the rotation uh, on Sunday, announcing a one-year, $12 million deal. Uh, Clevenger will receive $8 million in 2023 with a mutual $12 million option for 2024. That includes a $4 million buyout. Uh, Clevenger spoke to the media as well. Uh, quote, the roster is fully set up for doing special things and having a long season, uh, Clevenger said. Uh, Clevenger seems to be all kinds of excited about the pitcher's mound at Sox Park. He said this, uh, that was one of my favorite mounds in all of the big leagues. So I'm excited to get back to it. I can't wait to talk to the grounds crew over there. Uh, it's just perfect. Whether it's the height, the way the slope goes down, uh, it was something that stuck with me that on that mound, what was going on, what we were working on, it all came to fruition right then and there. Man, he is making this pitcher's mound sound magical. Uh, Mike Clevenger, hey, he struggled in 2022, and this is what he had to say on that. Uh, I felt like I was battling. I had an uphill battle the whole time. Uh, and it would have been an easy. It would have been easy to take some time off and kind of regroup, let my body heal. It wasn't about me at the time. It was about seeing what I could do to help the Padres stay in contention and see how far we could go in the postseason. I'm excited to get a full, healthy season under my belt and go post to post. Uh, the velocity was there through half the year, and then I was dealing with a lot of different things body-wise, just getting back to trying to make a start every five days. It's the normal trials and tribulations coming back from a serious injury, and especially a second serious injury. I don't expect to have those same hiccups next year. The Sox have always been a fan of mine, and they've uh, seen me over the years pitch against them. They expressed interest in what they saw in me, and it wasn't really a matter of so much the monetary aspect as it was the place I wanted to be, the roster I wanted to set myself up with in picking my destination versus waiting until it got down to the end and see if these other teams had me in their pecking order at the time. I know the White Sox want me. I know that's a roster I want to be a part of. There are personalities on the team that I feel like mold with mine, and I just knew this would be a good symbiotic relationship, end quote. Wow. Uh, well, maybe, just maybe, something will click on the south side uh, for Mike Clevenger. Uh, there are question marks indeed. However, maybe Ethan Katz is the right guy. And Clevenger just needs, you know, some time to get right and maybe the perfect pitcher's mound. Uh, he seems excited and hopefully 
uh, that excitement materializes into a solid culture and some success in 2023. Folks, thank you so very much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere. You find your podcast. Uh, we are on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. And don't forget, you can find this podcast on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just search uh, Lockdown White Sox. Thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on the next episode, I will continue to take a look at off-season scenarios for the Chicago White Sox as the Pedro Grafol era moves full steam ahead and the winter meetings continue. Really appreciate you making time for the Locked on White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Murawski, and until next time, go Sox!